0: Oh boy, what a show! What a what a crazy show today! An unbelievable show today, just crazy, unbelievable, and wild. Uh, hey everybody, this is Harland Williams, and you're on the Harland Highway. Thank you for being here. I will be your host. Very important show today. Uh, we are going to be going to the Mark Zuckerberg uh, Facebook uh, trial, or or uh, uh, whatever it was. Up on, the, on Capitol Hill, he was uh, called in to testify before, before Congress about some of the supposed misdoings of Facebook. So we're going to be checking in on that. Also, uh, we're going to be uh, talking about how I was suddenly, unexpectedly, an Uber driver. I didn't know I was an Uber driver, but suddenly I, I was an Uber driver. Uh, also, I'm going to tell you about a, a trip I'm taking to the Middle East Rate to a most volatile part of the world. I'm going to be like less than a hundred miles from where the missile attacks occurred, and as a result, we're having an, an expert uh, in in chemical engineering call into the show. Professor uh, Charles Asmunch is going to call in, and I'm going to ask him all kinds of questions about uh, chemical bomb making and all that stuff. And uh, so a very, uh, very intense show. And then we're going to have a talk about the dangers of cell phones and technology. So hang on. This is the Harland Highway. I have an announcement make. You are about to go down the Harland Highway. Lock the door. I don't want to be a product of my environment. Shut up. I want my environment to be a product of me. You're riding down the Harlan Highway. So, who do I have to fuck to get off this phone? I can get you off. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Ah, You're a cantaloupe. Alright. Shame, big daddy. That's why I'm a drunk. When I'm drunk, I can stand myself. Keep leaning on that tutor, Charlie, and you're going to get a shot in the mouth. Act like a man. What's the matter with you? I wasn't really sure what was going on. You're listening to Harlan Williams. The rest is bullshit, and you know it. Oh, yeah. Speaking of bullshit, uh, did you watch the, uh, the Mark Zuckerberg uh, trials this week? If that's what you want to call them, um, not not trials, but uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the uh, you know the CEO of Facebook, which we all use, right? I think we all use it, um, and it's getting kind of creepy. It's getting weird. We're finding out, you know, there's all these things where they. Think you can be tracked and this and that and they use your data and they monitor you and they they filter some people out and they don't let they let some people say whatever they want and other people aren't allowed and oh my god it's it's like a mess right so they, they yanked the guy up on Capitol Hill and they sat him down and uh there he was in his suit and his tie and the thing that really jumped out at me immediately was his giant forehead. Um, Is it just me? Or I think he's like the fourth richest man on planet Earth. Okay? Like this guy has more money than all of you listening could make if you won the lottery twice a year. Or ten times a year. This guy's got hundreds of billions of dollars and yet he's got a haircut where he looks like he just literally came through a lengthy session of chemotherapy. Okay, I'm not trying to be mean, but who does this guy's hair? Who does this multi-trillionaire's hair? I mean, this guy's it, 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 it's cut across the top. He's got a giant bulging forehead. It's it, No one else I know has that cut. No one else I know has that style. It's not attractive in my opinion. It's very weird. It's uh, not to be mean, but it it almost borders on that Nazi concentration camp look. Where the Nazis like buzzed the prisoners' hair and it was cruel and it looked horrible. And he's got this weird buzz cut. It's just a very, I mean, this guy has enough money that if he wanted the most exotic hair Hair plugs on planet Earth to to give him a new set of hair. He could have the finest the finest silky hairs from around the asshole of a zebra plucked and plugged into his head if he wanted. He could have Ozzy Osbourne tied down and have his hair ripped out and glued to his head if he wanted. He could he could invent new hair in a factory he could he could probably cut off his own head and have a new head surgically implanted with long flowing hair he could he could basically buy Fabio's scalp okay he could he could have Fabio with his long blonde flowing uh hair he could he could have that cut off and replanted on his head and he, Mark Zuckerberg could walk down the street going, I can't believe it's not butter. I can't believe it's not my own hair. I can't believe it's not butter hair. <laughs> I mean, what what is with this guy, man? Like, take take a hundred million of your two hundred billion and just put a hundred million dollars into hair research for your own head. Okay. I'm sure you'll come up with something, but I wasn't the only one that noticed it. I mean, let's go to some of the testimony and let's hear, uh, some of the questions from the senators up on, on the Hill. And I, I noticed that they picked up on his hairstyle a little bit too. Let's, Let's play some of that. Raj, can we play some of that uh, those sound bites? Okay, here we go. Mark Zuckerberg on the hill answering questions to the US uh, Senate. Uh yeah, Mr. Zuckerberg, I thank you for being here, sir. Uh, my first question to you is uh your your hair. Uh did did you did you cut your hair by sticking your your head in a in a ceiling fan, sir? Um <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> uh, thank you, sir, Mr. Zuckerberg. Uh, do you, sir, have any uh, flesh-eating lice or uh, any type of uh, parasitic grub that uh, is slowly chewing uh, the hair from your forehead and causing it to unnaturally uh, recede into the back of your uh, bulbous head, sir? and if so Mr. Zuckerberg would you mind shaking your head uh, if you could do that for uh the, the the members here in the honorable house would you mind shaking your head around back and forth like a, like a dog uh when he comes out of the water and shakes the water would you mind shaking your your head and your hair so that we may see the lice fly out of your your hair uh, senator no i would Probably not choose to do that publicly here. Okay, thank you. No more questions, Mr. Zuckerberg. I I surrender the floor to the honorable Member Davidson from uh, Louisiana. Thank you, sir. Uh, Yes, thank you. Thank you, uh, Senator. Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, welcome. Uh, Thank you for being here, sir. Uh, uh, My first question is a uh, somewhat... uh, uh, let me just cut to it. Uh, do, do, do you uh, rub chlorine tablets on your head? Do you? Is there something you do to to burn your scalp? To to uh, burn uh, your your hairline? Uh, and and furthermore, do you and your barber, uh, whoever uh, this animal may be, uh, do you and your barber regret any of the choices you've made uh, with regards to your haircut, sir? Senator, in retrospect, I think we clearly view it as a mistake. Uh, yes, thank you, Mr. Zuckerberg. And I'm looking at a, a, a document here that uh, my office received. Uh, they've done some research, and it uh, th- th- they describe your uh, in particular hairstyle, sir, your haircut, as what they refer to as... I mean, you've heard terms for haircuts, uh, uh, bean shave, uh, feathered, uh, you know, parted in the middle... Um but they refer to your particular hairstyle as a backward shaved baboon's ass. Is is that accurate, sir? That's my understanding, yes. Very good, sir. And one one last question before I uh, surrender my time here, uh Mr. Zuckerberg. Um and I I hate to get too personal here uh, uh Mr. Zuckerberg, but uh, have you uh, at any time this week, just based on the, uh, your haircut, have you been uh, in a, uh, a uh, radiation treatment, a chemotherapy treatment for most of the week, sir? Because uh, it certainly looks like it. Yes. Um, thank you for your candor, sir. And now I surrender the floor. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Senator. Uh, Hello, uh, Mr. Uh, Zuckerberg, uh, Diane uh, Cameron from uh, Montana District, and uh, thank you for being here uh, today, making yourself available to myself and the other senators. Um, My uh, first question uh, to you, sir, is when you touch your hair, that, that thing on your head, that haircut, when you touch it with your hands, when you press on it, does it feel like moldy, musty, damp, old uh, ass-crack hair from an old lady's ass? Uh, it certainly doesn't feel like that to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you uh, for that answer. And let me take another stab at it. Uh, let me re- rephrase it, reword it, if you don't mind, Mr. Zuckenbarger. Um, when you touch that thing on your head, that that that, that bizarre, weird Angular. I c- can. The only words I can think of is a, as a fuck nest or something. But um, when you touch it, does it feel like a, a bag of mashed potatoes that's been slammed against a wall and then dumped into a bowl of apple crisp and an elephant's farted on it and then, you know, put back in the bag and shaken around with a with a bunch of old ladies underpants and then put in the crisper in the fridge, microwaved for four hours, and then, you know, soaked in uh, olive water. Senator, that's, that's correct. <laughs> well, well, thank you. I, thank you. I, th- I think that's all the questions I have. Thank you so much. Actually, no, I I think I have one more. Uh, Mr. Zuckenbarger, would you be okay if each and every member of the council here uh, came down to where you're sitting and uh, we each put an apple on your head and banged your giant forehead and your stupid haircut like a bongo drum. We each just smashed it and, you know, hit it with the palms of our hands and played played your head and your... Crazy, fucked up haircut, like a, like a, bald ass, skinned out, bongo ass, baboon ass, Mr. Zuckerberg. Would would you be okay if we did that? Um. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Thank you. Uh, council rests. Wow. So there, there it is, guys. Just that was just a quick sampling of uh mark Zuckerberg up on the hill being grilled and interrogated by uh by members of of uh you know the the, uh the council and just uh they they really seem caught up kind of the way i was with with his haircut um it's unavoidable you just you just like i said you wonder a guy with all that money what's up dude like uh Hire a personal barber or something So there you go Thanks for uh, those clips, Raj. And, uh, hell Let's, let's move on Shall we? Okay, so here's something interesting Um Have you ever become an Uber Driver? Have you? And I, I don't mean That you called up Uber and and, you know, said you wanted to work for them and you went through the process and did the paperwork. No, no, no. I just mean, have you ever accidentally become an Uber driver? Because nowadays, any car could be an Uber or a, you know, what Ubers are basically taxis, right? And in the old days, taxis were taxis. They were yellow. They were red. They had the, the sign on the roof. They you, 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 you could see a taxi coming a million miles away. But Ubers are just cars, and then they have a little sticker. There's a little sticker right down there in the corner of the window, Uber, right? It's hard to detect those little stickers, and especially at night. You know, there's another service called Lyft, L-Y-F-T, Lyft, and they've got it right. They, they've invested in these little pink signs that light up. They go on the front window of the Lyft car, and... Uh, you know, if Uber was smart, they'd probably do something similar. You know, I mean, uh, with the lift, you just—I don't know. There's something about having a little sign that identifies a vehicle that's a little more comforting than just someone putting a sticker in their window. I mean, a sticker is. Couldn't anybody just slap a sticker up? You know, it's just a, 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 the lift thing. It just shows a little more uh, commitment. To the car service thing. So, anyways, I involuntarily, for a brief moment, became a Lyft driver. Here's what happened: um, I was driving home in the dark. I was, uh, you know, I was doing a show, a stand-up show, and I was driving home, and it was probably I don't know 10:30 at night. And I'm winding through my streets. You know, there's not very much traffic at that hour of the night. And uh, I'm winding through the darkness. And as I'm coming up uh, one of the streets, um, I see a guy standing at the edge of the road. You know, I'm coming up on him. I'm about, you know, 80, 90 feet away from the guy. And he's standing there looking down at his phone in the dark. And as my lights shine on him, my, my car lights shine on him, he raises his hand, like summoning me. And I'm like, is this guy waving at me in the dark? And what's he doing at the end of his driveway, you know, at almost midnight? And then he kind of, you know that that look that people have with their cell phones? You know, where he's he looked at me and then he looked down at his cell phone, like, to check. You know, almost that look on his face, like, I own you, okay? Me and my cell phone own you right now. Like, come to me. Come to me and my cell phone. People think their cell phones are so powerful, the way they hold them up, and they point them, and they direct them. It's like, it's like there's energy in the cell phone. Oh, hi. You must be my Uber. Okay, let me look at my phone. Okay, yeah, over here. Over here, slave. And I realized this guy, in the dark, just seeing a car with headlights, thought I was his Uber. And he kind of had that, that attitude, like, over here, bitch. Yeah, pick me up, I summoned you to my front door. Yeah, pull over, I mean, what are you doing with your life, driving everyone else around? Yeah, like just, there was a bit of that, that, that body language, that energy, that, that vibe. That it was, you know, it's a, it's a little bit condescending. I'm not an Uber driver, but you are. Pick me up. You're not even a taxi driver. You're just a, you're just a low-life citizen who can't make ends meet. So you're, you've got to drive people like me around in your spare time. Come on, pick me up. I'm over here. Can't you see me waving my, my magical cell phone with all its mystical cell phone powers? Come to me. Come to me, Cretan. Come to me and my, my almighty cell phone. I'll kind of look, half look up and acknowledge you, and I'll throw my arm in the air and wave and summon you to my side so you can take me where I need to go, low life. Am I reading too much into it? <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of the the feeling you get sometimes with these these uh these people with their phones and their 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 their, their apps. And then here was me feeling like, you know, inside, I had a kind of... I was like, excuse me? Like, suddenly, I got a little snobby. I was like, excuse me, bitch? Um, hello, Biot. I'm not your, I'm not your effing s- servant, okay? I'm not your effing ride. Okay, I'm not your Uber driver, Biosh, Okay? Yeah, I happen to own this car, and it's a nice car, and I don't drive around picking people up, biosh. So I'm not your biosh tonight, biosh. You know know what I mean? It's like I was kind of like, how dare you think of me as an Uber driver? And by the way, not that there's anything wrong with an Uber driver. I think it's actually a really cool way to make a living. I think if that stuff was around when I was in college or when I was just you know, getting my feet on the ground when I was getting into the rat race. I think I, I would have been an Uber driver all day and all night, man. Are you kidding me? My own my own hours, my own job, my own vehicle. Oh, yeah. I remember when you were a college kid and you'd, you'd go door to door, you know. Go to the donut shop and the liquor store and the movie theater. Hi, are you looking for ticket takers or someone to work at the popcorn stand? Because I need to make um four ninety five an hour and work every night. Remember when you're in college, you take any job. Hi, I see you're hiring here at 7-Eleven. Can I work the um, midnight shift to 4 in the morning shift at 7-Eleven in this crime-riddled neighborhood so I can get through college? Thank you. Are you kidding? Uber, Uber's great and Lyft and all those things, man. I, I think it's a great way for the average Joe who, who, who needs flexibility in their life and their schedule to make a living. So I'm not knocking it, but it is funny when someone, uh, you know, mistakes you for someone who is an Uber driver or provides that service. And so I had this kind of reaction like, excuse me, I've worked really hard my whole life. And I've built up a career. And I I finally feel like I'm I'm doing something with my life. And I I sacrificed and I worked so long and so hard. And for me to drive through the darkness and for you to just not acknowledge all my accomplishments and reduce me to an Uber driver. How dare you? Oh 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 why what you know what I mean? It was just like <laughs> So there you go. So I don't know if you've been uh, you've been uh, tagged as an Uber driver yet, but it'll happen. Oh mark my word, some dark misty night you'll be driving home innocently late from a restaurant or a party or a social function you'll just be like on your merry way home and suddenly. Out of nowhere, someone will turn you into an Uber driver. (laughs) 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 Okay, moving on to more important things, more worldly matters than just my, uh, you know, my being offended at becoming an Uber driver. Uh, Big news this week, another missile strike uh, in Syria. Um, And by the way, uh, like next week, okay, I'm heading to Lebanon. I'm going, you know, when you're a stand-up comedian, you get offered a lot of cool gigs. And I got offered a gig in Lebanon. And so next week, I'm going to be in Lebanon, doing stand-up comedy, and uh, guess what's right next to Lebanon, gang? Uh-huh, Syria. Like, literally, they touch each other. They're ra- There's no country closer than where I'm going. It's like a the, the city that got bombed in Syria is, I don't think it's more than a few hundred miles apart. Are, are you kidding me? What, time, what, what kind of timing is this? Why would I do this? I don't know, but I'm doing it. I'm heading right into the battle zone. There's only, you know, one place on, on the planet that's being bombed by the UK, France, and the United States right now. It's it's Syria. Oh, I think I'll plan a trip to that region. That sounds like a relaxing holiday. Charles. Nelson. Right? will oi, will If I survive, I'll fill you in on how it went. But, uh, you know, I had no concept of, of Lebanon. I didn't really know uh, what it was all about. But apparently, the city of Beirut in Lebanon is is very cosmopolitan and modern, and and they have a lot of American stuff. Not that that's a factor for me. In fact, I'd kind of rather it didn't. I, I like I like when other cities and cultures have their own identity, and 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 Beirut certainly does. But I think there's some American. Uh, familiar landmarks I've heard there's a cheesecake factory and things like that if that that gives me any comfort while the bombs are going off oh boy here comes the cruise missiles and the chemical weapons I better get to the cheesecake factory I'll be safe there yes I'll have a rainbow blast mulberry ginger snap carrot cake cheesecake blueberry swirl crust please So Damascus, I think the capital of Syria, one of the cities that was targeted, I think it's the big main city, and then there's Aleppo up to the north. So Damascus, one of the bombed targeted cities in the USA airstrikes, is 58 miles from Beirut, where I'm going. 58 miles? That's like an hour drive. I mean, you know, maybe uh, maybe this is one of those gigs I should just be like, uh, you know, can we do this another time type of thing if you don't mind. But I'm doing it, man. I'm doing it. I'm going into the firestorm, going into the war zone. I mean, nobody's bombing Beirut, but I mean, let's be honest. If something went really crazy in Damascus and Syria, if, if some giant chemical warehouse facility went up in the air, who's to say a giant chlorine gas cloud doesn't float, you know, 58 miles to the west or a sarin gas cloud or a, or a mustard gas cloud? I mean, this could be it for the kid, man. This could be my, you know, this could be my one of my last shows where I don't kill. I get killed and I could literally bomb. Yeah, I could bomb. I could get bombed. It's. I got to say, it's a little nerve wracking, a little nerve wracking. I mean, this was set up before the uh, the strikes happened. And the strikes have already happened, but let's let's be honest that the area is volatile. People are on edge. Russia and Iran are, are angry. And who knows what a crazy, insane dictator does. What if he just goes, it's just like, like when Saddam Hussein uh, lit up his own oil fields. Remember? In the Iraq war, he, uh, he, he was like, I will scorch the earth. I will burn, you know, he he lit his own oil fields on fire and you know, who's to say Assad doesn't go, well, this is this sucks. I'm not going down without a fight." You know what? Release all the chemicals, light them on fire. Let's make a mushroom cloud of sarin gas. I was just going to kill 60 or 70, but you know what? Let's wipe out the entire region. Let's kill millions. That sounds fun. That'll look good in the history books for me. I'll be a badass. ay ay ay, man. So I'll keep you posted. If you don't hear from me again, uh, come look for my ashes in uh, Beirut. God. Who knew it would come to this? You know, you always wonder when, when you're living, when will I die? Where will I die? How will I die? Well... I'm going to be telling jokes on stage, making people laugh, and I'm going to think, oh, my God, look at these people. They're, they're laughing so hard. They're, they're, they're crying. There's there's tears coming out of their eyes. They're foaming at the mouth. I've never done so well. And then I realize they're all inhaling chlorine gas, and they're foaming, and their eyes are bleeding. Ay, ay, ay. Ay. Oh well, here we go—another adventure for the kid. Uh, but uh, you know, there's a lot of lot of you know this whole chemical warfare stuff. There's a lot of science to it. There's a lot of chemistry to it. Most of us don't understand it, and it looks like we have—is it Professor? Yeah, okay, we've got we've got an expert, an educated man with many degrees in science and physics and metaphysics and chemical engineering and all that stuff, uh, Dr. Charles Asmunch is calling in. Th- Where is he from? Is he from Yale or something, or MIT? We don't need all his credentials, but he's this guy uh, has... This is one of these egghead guys who's just got... He just knows this stuff inside and out, and I thought, be- better than me trying to explain it, let's bring a guy that's actually educated in the uh, area and have him talk to us about, uh, you know, the inner workings and the mechanics of chemical weapons and chemical warfare. So uh, are you there, sir? Uh, Dr. Asmunch, Professor Asmunch. Uh, yes, hello, Mr. Williams. Yes, yes, uh, Professor Asmunch, uh, good to have you here, sir. Uh, thank you for having me on, uh, Mr. Williams, and these delicate and... Uh... You know, sensitive times of uh, war and conflict uh, around the globe. Yeah, it, it, is, uh, it is a little disturbing, a little distressing. And, you know, even though a lot of this activity is happening on the other side of the pond, as they say, I'm, I'm sure the anxiety is palpable for everybody on the globe. Nobody likes it when you know, uh, nefarious, uh, actors, as they say, are, are, uh, messing with, with the chemicals that can cause mass death and destruction. Uh, it, it, I agree with you, sir. It's it's a very, uh, very, um uh, intergalactically, uh, non-configurated, and, uh, we really, really need to pay attention to the, uh, whole processes of, uh, you know, um, cyclone interference. Um, Yes, sir, and and so I was wondering, uh, Professor Asmunch, if if, if you could enlighten our listeners a little bit to uh, some of the... you know the the the, uh, the construction of a of a chemical weapon. I mean, wh- wh- how does it work? How is it put together? Uh, it's a very complicated uh, process, uh, Mr. Williams. I'll do my very best to uh, illuminate your uh, listening audience. But uh, uh, basically, the whole process starts when there's a metamorphosis of the larva and. Uh, Within the uh, the sound chamber of uh, the ecosystem, uh, one cannot even begin to uh, photosynthesize the uh, the underbelly, if you will, of the uh, Korean uh, National Peninsula. The the, uh, the sir, if you could just say that again. Well, where I'm going with this, sir, and and to the layperson to hear scientific uh, jargon uh, might be a bit confusing so let me simplify it in, in, in layman's terms uh, when one is forging uh, metal uh, there has to be a fibrous type of uh, viscous response to the internal combustion of uh, a metamorphosis that really has to happen on a canvas uh, painted with, uh, you know, transgender and uh, post-op uh, claritin. Uh, most citrus uh, uh, cells will not uh, have a hemoglobin factor until, and, and this, this is important, Mr. Williams, until there is a, uh, some kind of a latch that uh, creates an aquatic environment for the, uh, the, uh, the triangular uh, infrastructure. Uh, okay, uh, if, Okay, I don't know if that really cleared it up, uh, Professor, but, you know, as a guy who's going over to that region, um, you know, how scared do I need to be? I mean, are, are the, are these, do these bombs have a range? Do chemical bombs go off like a time bomb? Do, are they launched on a, on a warhead? I mean, what is the range of a of a chemical bomb versus like a, you know, a cruise Tomahawk missile or even a nuclear bomb? Excellent uh, question, uh, Mr. Williams. And uh, there's some capitulation uh, when you tweak when you tweak the very cumulus cloud that uh, will interface with uh, the riboflavin of a uh, a soft shell crab or uh, some kind of uh you know a a, a fiber uh you know carotene uh, type of uh, situation uh now if you were to run a uh, a uh, bilateral uh configuration into the uh the uh, sawmill, uh, obviously, and and <coughs> excuse, excuse me, I, oh my goodness, obviously there's uh, there's going to be some kind of uh, f- you know uh, friction, uh, friction, uh, viscous friction with the amalgamate of uh, uh, interracial, not so much, uh, uh, you know, uh, you, c- c- you know, c- I'm trying to find uh, the word. Uh, sir, I, 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 it does sound like you're searching for words a little bit. Um, I, 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 I know you know your stuff, and maybe maybe this is just uh, you know your your diplomas speaking. But I'm, I'm a little confused still. If I, maybe I need to ask a more specific question. Okay, if, if that uh, maybe you do, go ahead, sir. Well, just real simple, if, if, if a chemical weapon detonates near me, let's say, as I said, I'm 58 miles away and a, and a, a chemical weapon goes off in Damascus, what is the probability of, of a cloud of some co- co- kind, uh, or the vapor, or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, drifting on the air currents and getting to me? Well, you know, I don't know if you could have asked a better question, Mr. Williams. And uh, what, 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 what I can answer to that, and it's quite clear, and I hope this uh, puts your mind at ease, uh, there's a digital component to this. And uh, when you have a blinking illumination, uh, there's always going to be uh, some kind of degenerative uh, inside linear uh focus that really needs uh to have a rim around it and when you can build a parameter a solid solid parameter around uh any any type of uh overgrown uh, underbrush or a uh uh you know a a, a, a microscopic uh environment then you're uh, you're going to be uh, looking at a uh, a bilateral and a uh, numerical uh, infrastructure of development. Okay, Doctor Asmunch, I'm 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 I i am i am i am i do not think you're helping here. I, I think maybe you you're not on uh, topic here. Well, you know, one of us has a, a wall full of diplomas, Mr. Williams, and. One of us does whatever it is you do. Well, I'm I'm doing a podcast, sir. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, when I was uh, coming up through the uh, the, the ranks uh, in the uh, in the medical and uh, science field, <laughs> I had an incision in my life that uh, led me to believe that there's a uh, a photographic memory tied to every, uh, you know tripod that, uh, has a, uh, cholesterol-filled, uh, how do you want to call it, effervescence. And so, for you to sit here and, uh, uh, pull cable and, uh, you know, uh, somehow, uh, magically, uh, chloroform the process, uh, is just, uh, you know, not something that I'm comfortable with, sir. All right, Dr. Asmuch, I think you're just... I, I don't think anyone's understood a thing you've said, and, and I don't know that you've been a help. And so as, as much as I, I'm hoping maybe you got through to some people, I'm, I'm going to hang up now because I'm just... I, I, it sounds like you're, you're honestly, sir, full of shit. Uh, well, you know, if you're going to throw uh, the excrement uh, level at me, uh, you know, there's a leatherback uh, scorse mark that uh, can be harvested uh, harvested quite accurately and quite deeply from the remaining uh, bilateral uh, functionality of a uh, turnbuckle. And I'm going to leave it at that, Mr. Williams, and uh, uh, I have things to do. Well, you know, I, I don't mean to end on a bad note, sir, but... Uh, go eat a carbine uh, battery with some uh, frosted uh, k- k- kilowatts on a 9mm uh, uh, pellet gun. Fuck you. Whoa, whoa. whoa! Why is he mad at me? I, I, was it just me, but was that... Did that answer any... That, that was just confusing. Very confu and he gets mad at me is he gone good god dr charles asmunch I, re- I really don't understand a word what we're going back to the to the to capitol hill for more of the the Z- zuckerberg thing okay all right i i was going to end the show but there's more okay roger tells me we're going back for one more Thing on, on the Mark Zuckerberg uh, Facebook thing that went on. Uh, okay. Patch us in. Here we go. <laughs> Mr. Zuckerberg, so thank you for your compliance here today. So, uh, a, a, a series of really uh, quick questions here for our panel here. Uh, have you ever uh, taken an Irish shillelagh to your forehead to get that crisp, uh, clean line uh, your hairline? It looks like someone took a a shillelagh or a or a machete to the front of your forehead, sir. Has anyone ever done that? Yes. Uh, very good, sir. And Mr. Zucchini, have have you ever uh, laid down on the ground, sir, and shoved your your head uh, into a lawnmower blade? I have not. Uh, very good, sir. What about a twirling uh, helicopter propeller? Have you ever uh, stuck your head, uh, Mr. Zokenbarger, in in a uh, helicopter blade to to achieve that uh, that uh, style of haircut on your head, sir, I I, I have not. Very good, sir. And, and, and well, one last question, Mr. Zalabaga, before I yield the floor. Uh, is it fair to say, sir, that uh, your your haircut is, is uh, you know looks like somebody threw a bag of scalloped potatoes uh, against a ceiling fan? It got spit out. Uh, hit a cement mixer, and uh, was trampled by an all-girls uh, canoe squad. I, I believe so. Uh, very, very good, uh, Mr. Z- 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 uh, uh Thank you for your compliance here today, and uh, I yield the floor to the uh, honorable member from uh, Houston to Texas. Thank you, sir. Uh, yes, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Uh uh, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Mister, uh, Mister Zookeeper. Now let let me uh open the line of questioning here, if you don't mind. So I'm gonna be very direct. Down in down in Houston, we're very blonde, don't you know? And uh, uh let let, him, let me ask you this: have, have, have you ever uh used your forehead to uh, roll cookie dough, sir? You know, like a like a rolling pin. Have you ever uh put fresh uh, chocolate chip cookie dough down on on the countertop, sir, and uh, used your your bulbous forehead in that? heck at the roll flatten out cookies actually let me clarify that, uh, that that's just a, a yes or no answer there mr zucchini bobble yes the, the, thank you mr zigzag and, and would do you think in an emergency your forehead could be used as a lighthouse mr uh i do yeah you, okay you you do okay th- thank you very much i think you know what i mean on a you know a foggy night if there's a ship lost at sea or the way your hair is cut, sir, I, th- I think maybe you could, you know, the, the, you're trying to light off it and bring boats in from the mist, right? Senator, I'm not aware of that. Well, I'm, I'm not asking you if you're, if you're aware of it. Uh, you know, what I'm asking is, uh, you know, uh, is it? But it's a on you. You've answered the question very openly and honestly, sir. So uh, let me move along here, uh, Mr. Zingle Dingle. Now let me ask you this. Uh, has anyone ever told you that, that it looks like somebody put a salad bowl on your head and cut all around the edges, and your head looks like a fucking uh, Chinese potato, sir? Senator, I have not heard that. Well, I'm here to tell you that, that that's what it looks like. Uh, uh, it looks like they motion to me that we, we are uh, just about out of time. So let, let, let me ask one final question, and we'll close up these proceedings here, sir. Uh... Uh, do you feel, sir, that, that Facebook is going to be able to clean up its act? And, and more importantly than, than, than that, even though you do have uh, 2 billion uh, you know, uh, customers, uh, more importantly than all of that, uh, w- the question needs to be asked, uh, are you, uh, being the fourth richest man on the planet, uh, with more money than most of us will ever see in, a, in, in 50, 100 lifetimes, uh, Mr. Uh, Zing Zonga or whatever your name is, uh, are you, sir, ever going to invest some of your trillions of dollars in getting a decent, normal haircut that the rest of the world can accept? Senator, I don't know. Well, then I, I guess we close these proceedings, uh, you know, not knowing if we've, we've accomplished much. Uh, we do appreciate your time, all, myself and all the uh, members here in the house today. We thank you for coming in and uh, taking our queries. And uh, hopefully you can get your house in order, sir, and uh, we won't see you up here again for a long time. Okay? Thank you so much, everybody. I thank all the other members. Thank you. This, uh, this session is adjourned. Oh, wow. So there it is. We caught the tail end, a dramatic testimony up on the, uh, on the hill with CEO of, uh, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. And, uh, it sounded like they got his name wrong a few times there. It is one of those confusing names with the Z and the Z and the, the Berg and the thing. And the, so, uh, interesting, but, uh, boy a lot a lot came out sounds like uh, a lot of people interested in his haircut and uh, we'll see where this all goes with uh, as social media keeps growing and infiltrating and uh, controlling and getting into our lives more and more be careful everybody. Uh, you know here's here's my interesting take on the whole social media and and technology wave that's coming at us as a society and it it's fairly new let's remember all the, all this stuff is emerging i th- i think the the iphone's only 10 years old and facebook and google and all that stuff it's it's still in its infancy and if you don't think that all this stuff has impacted us uh, psychologically socially uh, and in so many other ways we might not even know. Then you are dead wrong. And uh, I I think there's a a real addictive quality to all of this, which is happening to the technology, to the physical uh, apparatuses that we are we are holding in our hands, the phones, the laptops, the the eye watches, the all this stuff. And I think it's a it's a very uh, Stealthy, a uh, phenomenon that's happening. I I I think that all this technology and all the things that we're we're so uh, uh, desperate for every day has really crept into our lives in an invasive way, in which most of us haven't stopped to really take account of it. And to use myself as as an example, when I first got my iPhone, it's like it was kind of an afterthought it's like i had it and it was it was uh, sat in my car and it it sat in my house and if it rang i'd go pick it up and it was a convenience it was it was just oh great i now i can get phone calls wherever i want to go wherever i am you know and then it became the email thing and then the whole texting universe started and then this and then that and then the apps and then the and then the, the social media, and then the Instagram, and then the Twitter, and then the Snapchat, and then the, and, and, and it's, just, it's, it's just becoming more and more invasive, creeping into our lives. Where I'm starting to observe with myself and with other people, the more the phone creeps in, the more we tend to push reality out. So the more, the more uh, apps and the more things we, we get drawn into on our phone, the more we seem to push real people and real events away. I find myself clearing moments in my day to spend with my phone. And sometimes it's just to play a game of solitaire or backgammon. Like this is stuff I never did before. Sometimes it's just to scroll through the, the news app. Sometimes it's it's to watch a video. Sometimes it's it's to text people. Sometimes it's to look at my pictures. Some It's, it's stuff that was never part of my life before. And, and whether you all want to admit it or not, it's starting to use up our time. It's time that we never would have used before. You know what I mean? And now I'm starting to wake up. Thinking about my phone. Oh, what's on my phone? Who's contacted me? What's there? What do I need to look at? And then before I go to bed, it's the last thing I do. I play. I'll play a game of solitaire to relax, or I'll make sure I'll, I'll look and make sure all my emails have been answered or my texts. And then when I wake up in the morning, boom! It's the first thing I pick up. Sometimes now, which is unthinkable, I'll be in the middle of watching a movie or a TV show. And I'll go to my phone while I'm watching a show. I never used to let anything interrupt my viewing habits. It's like you don't want to watch a movie or a TV show and, and suddenly be doing something else. You were focused. But now I find myself going, oh, I think my phone needs me. What, what, what's on my phone? What's... And so I'm starting to wonder if this is becoming a sickness. And we're not aware of it or we are aware of it and we don't care. I'm noticing when I get on elevators, people are all on their phones. I'm noticing when the elevator door opens, whether they're getting on or off, people aren't aware that the, their door will open and they'll stand in the elevator and be staring at their phones, and you got to kind of g- cough or go, um, <clears throat> And then they look up and they, w- they exit the elevator or they get on the elevator. I'm completely alarmed. At the amount of people looking at their phones while they're driving. I'm begging you as a a piece of homework. Next time you're out driving. Purposely look to, to the left out the window. Not only at the people stopped at a stoplight. But people driving. You can see them staring at their phones. Texting. Looking. It's very frightening man. And so. The phones are really taking over. They're consuming our lives, and I think it might not be in the healthiest way. But we're the we the early like uh, guinea pigs of this, and you know a, a brilliant mind like Elon Musk. Here's a guy that who's very smart, who's very immersed in the technological world, and he's sending up warning flares about uh, AI, artificial intelligence. He's warning that this could be the most dangerous thing coming to mankind. And this is coming from a guy who's a, who's a technology whiz, who's, whose bread and butter is made in the tech world. And here's one of the leading minds of this world warning us, telling us it's about to get bad. And we're, we're we're creating machines that are going to start to outthink us and outrationalize us. And when they outrationalize us, they're going to start realizing that humans aren't as competent as they are, humans aren't as accurate as they are, or precise as they are. And so, any thinking machine might arrive at the conclusion that humans are a deterrent humans are an anchor humans are weighing things down humans are are slowing up the system and so maybe you start to go are we creating our own doomsday are we are we going to be creating machines that one day realize they don't need us or want us anymore that they can run the whole system they can run the power grid they can They can run the factories. They can run the automobiles. They can run everything. It kind of makes you a little freaky when you look at the Terminator movies and the whole Skynet thing. When I was a kid, I thought, what a fantasy. But but now I'm starting to think, wow, the concept of of living, moving robots amongst us and, and robots that are superior to us in physical and mental capacities. It's eerie, man. And what's, what's interesting about this, I'll call it a threat to society, to, to humanity, is unlike when we were younger, when we were in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, we could all recognize the threats that faced humanity and society. We, we, we could identify the horrors of nuclear bombs, atomic weapons. Global warfare, chemical weapons—these are all tangibles. These were all these are all things. If, if you look at the shape of a bomb, you go, "Ooh, that's ominous. That's dangerous. That's a threat. Warning, warning, warning!" Right? But what's really scary about the technology coming at us that could undermine us eventually and destroy us is. It's a threat that's attractive to us. It's like wrapped up in candy. It's flashy, attractive cell phones that glow in the dark and show us pictures and have dating apps and have GPSs and and let us order food and let us let us order merchandise and and all this kind of stuff. It's shiny and it's attractive and it and it's electric cars and it's 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 the internet and it's apps and it's. It's computers and it's watches and it's it's, it's it's like the shiny thing. It's like the moth flying into the light. But you've got to ask yourself, is it is it just as dangerous as the atomic bomb or the nuclear bomb? Is it a new threat? It is, a, is it a threat that we're being lured into as opposed to just blatantly knowing what it is and what it can do? we're embracing this threat and we're we're almost seemingly not worrying about it we're so excited we're so invigorated to see the next the next turn in technology what what's the next app what's the next what's the next thing we can do with our fingers and our minds and our devices we don't care if it kills we don't care if it's if it's changing the psychology of Of human beings and society. Just give, 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 give. And so maybe we're knowingly. Walking into this threat. We're all flying into the bug zapper light. It's a little scary, gang. Not to end the show on such a somber note. But, uh, you know, it's like this whole thing uh, with the Facebook Zuckerberg thing. It's like. What are they really doing? What are they, what are they really mining from us? What, what do they really know about us? What do they really want from us? And we're all jumping in. We're all, we're all being lured in. Willingly, knowingly, we're paying to do it. And we can't get enough. And we're doing it more and more and more, and it's taking over. Interesting stuff, man. Something to think about here on the Harland Highway. And we'll leave it right there. I gotta go play some backgammon on my cell phone. I got things to do. I gotta go read texts and emails, and then play some solitaire. And then maybe I'll I'll GPS some stuff. Even though I'm I'm sitting in the studio, I'll. I'll pretend I have to go somewhere just so I can look at the funny maps and hear my phone talk to me. Go left in 400 feet. Oh, oh, oh say it again. Go left in 400 feet. Oh, oh. <laughs> so there you go, gang. Uh, that's it. We'll wrap it up for today. Thank you for being here. Uh, like I said, I am going over to uh, the Middle East to do some comedy. So I'm gonna try and pre-record a bunch of podcasts before I leave. But if I miss uh, a week or two, it could be because of that. But I'll I'll try and slot them in, man. I got a lot of work to do. I'll try and get them done before I go. Um, what else is going on? Uh, let's see. Once I get back from Lebanon, I'm gonna be doing some stand-up comedy. Great city, Phoenix, Arizona, Uh, May 17, 18, 19. Yes, 17, 18, 19, Arizona. It's a place called Stand Up Live. Check my website, harlanwilliams.com, for all the dates and times and blah, blah, blah. Get your tickets. Uh, It's going to be a great time. And then in uh, June... Middle of June, I'm going to be in Winnipeg, Manitoba at a place called Rumors. That's June 14, 15, and 16th. Wild club up there in old Winnipeg, Manitoba. Get back to my Canadian peeps. Take her for a rip, won't you, bud? And uh, also, while you're at harlemwilliams.com, check out our store. We have all kinds of fun T-shirts and DVDs and... All kinds of fun stuff there. We'll send it out to you if you want to order something. Also, you can leave me a message at harlowilliams.com. You can write me. We have a contact link. I read all the emails. Yours might show up on the show. Who knows? Or you can phone me and leave me a voicemail, 323-739-4330. Always like to hear your thoughts. I listen to all the calls, and then I pick out the ones that I like but you can say whatever you want. doesn't mean you have to be complimentary. You can be mean or angry, or you can be negative or positive or happy or sad. They all get fair play. Okay? Um, And what else? Please get our free app so you can listen to the Harland Highway on your phone anytime, anywhere. Just go to your app store, type in the Harland Highway. It's totally free. And then if you want to pay for something, okay, fair enough. We have the premium membership, $20 a year, and you get all the episodes we've ever recorded, almost 1,000. Okay? And uh, we're coming up on 1,000, and that's only 20 bucks a year, and you, you get special bonus material that I post from time to time if you're a premium member. I don't do a ton of it, but I do speckle it in throughout the year. I just don't have time. It takes enough time to do all this. I'll tell you that much. Um, and that's it, gang. That's it for today. I hope you had a good time. Go play Solitaire on your phone. And uh, we'll check you out next time. And until next time, chicken, chow. Man, baby? Uh, Mr. Zucchini, have, have you ever uh, laid down on the ground, sir, and shoved your, your head uh, into a lawnmower blade?